0: jeff at tpwc.com and jake at tpwc.com that's the personal wealth coach or tango papa whiskey charlie and my daughter was talking about how i made a funny joke by saying tango papa whiskey charlie and i had to explain to her that those were different words for letters like a light coming on there's words for letters that don't have anything (laughs) to do with the letters yeah and we're i was gonna say back we are we're back welcome to an exciting episode of the personal personal wealth coach starring jake and jeff mackler where we once
1: more once more unto the breach my friend
0: uh else close the wall up with our english dead yes Yes, we reversed roles here i like yeah yeah um we are uh, famous worldwide um, across two or three people while traveling. Right, right. we have uh, we have independent verification, and by independent, I mean mm-hmm. by those same people that were traveling, and that's how we know that we were famous worldwide. People knew us everywhere—not um, every—not everywhere, but you know. So listened listen- to by ones of people. Yes, uh, if you understand binary, then we have a lot of listeners. May- Maybe. I wasn't listening, so I'm, I'm not really sure. This is the Personal Wealth Coach, and to begin the program in the most exciting way possible, as is usual, we shall begin with disclosures. We shall say them in monotone and very quickly no, no. so no one can understand what we're saying for the next 30 minutes, and then we shall begin talking about the economy. No, no, we won't. But we do have to say some disclosures. Firstly, we are both bald, bearded. Uh, people I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go so far as to say gentlemen uh, we we um, neither of us were born into nobility. So we are bald bearded we like puns we're a little pedantic and that doesn't have anything to do with your feet. See that's how pedantic we are and only one person understood that one I think. Um, maybe just me. We tell very bad jokes regularly and then laugh at them ourselves. So those are all very important disclosures to get out of the way before we begin the regulatory disclosures. This program is called the Personal Wealth Coach. There is a firm registered with the SEC to give investment advice called the Personal Wealth Coach. And it's the same people in the program and at the firm. Just because the firm's registered to give advice with the SEC doesn't mean that the government thinks that we are golden children or any other kind of glowing term. There's no approval uh, implied in any way. They haven't anointed us. Um, I'm not sure that that's the verbiage they wish us to be saying about it, but it'll do. We are not the anointed ones, at least not by them. Okay, Uh, next up. Just because the firm's registered to give advice doesn't mean we can do that on the air. Why? Because there's a specific legal meaning for investment advice, not financial advice. Anybody can give financial advice. there investment advice has to be given by somebody who's acting in as a fiduciary, they're acting in the best interest of their client, putting their, them way ahead, giving full disclosure of all conflicts of interest and all fees and keeping privacy and all that. We can't do that on the air. We don't know everybody that's listening. Uh, all Maybe we do. Maybe we know you all. That would, but Then we wouldn't still be able to because if by chance on a given day, somebody turns on their radio by accident and is listening, we've violated all the privacy so we can't give advice on it what are we talking about then we can't give advice on the air we're educating hopefully we're going to teach you something in this program so this is an educational program and it's not paid for it is not paid commercial advertisement we haven't paid for this thing since 1997 and they haven't paid us to do it there's some kind of weird communism going on here it sounds like public radio to me but We do advertise on the station, uh, as does the station. We generally advertise for the radio program, and I believe that we're getting a massive discount on our advertisements just because we've been advertising for so long. So, um, Senator, there is no quid pro quo. If it is advertising, we're not doing a very effective job because we're basically telling you what's going on in the world and hopefully teaching you enough to make decisions better. Uh, We do get people that listen to the radio program that use our services professionally that's a very kind of them and um maybe it's because they really didn't listen very long maybe they didn't hear the us talking maybe it was somebody else and anyway we we do occasionally get custom from this um you have a um a wonderful disclosure to give and i, I won't speak about it in any way to make it stand out from the rest wait i just did see that it's like reverse psychology for words. Okay, go ahead. The information we present on this educational radio
1: program has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information.
0: I, I have to complete that by we do warranty and guarantee um, for at least twice the value of unsaid information being incomplete. Mm. There we said. That, that was our final disclosure, and now we're on to talk about uh, much less sane and rational things than that. Th- what did the market do this week?
1: Well, if you started off at the beginning of the week and you looked at the end of the week and you looked at the S&P 500 stock index, you would notice it was down 0.74%. Of course, during the week, it soared up, soared down, soared up, and then fell back to just below where it was. And it's been doing that for several weeks now. The amazing thing about what's going on in the market right now is not what happened in the market this week. It's what didn't happen in the market this week. It's very clear the United States government is about to shut down. Yes. Student loan payments are about to resume for millions of people.
0: There's a massive strike against not one, not two, but three major auto companies. Yes,
1: and the price of oil has gone back up above $90, which means we have a higher cost of gasoline. This, All these things together, I mean, the the economy is rolling along very nicely, and I'm sure it can handle any one of them and maybe two of them. Having all four at the same time, uh, the amazing thing to me is it did not scare the traders in Wall Street into dumping stocks. I'm glad they didn't. Uh, I think we can get through this. But all of this stuff happening at once. And it, it is just kind of, I, I think the balance here has come because the in the middle of all this, we had a very, very low month over month of uh, PCE inflation.
0: Where does that mean? Uh, PCE. Uh, when I say PCE to people in passing, they get this, this look on their face. They nod their heads and they smile, but their eyes glaze over just a little bit. And I know, oh, I just said something that most people don't say every day. What is the PCE inflation? It's basically the CE is important. It's
1: consumer is the C. Expenditures. Personal consumer expenditures. Basically, it's different from the from the CPI. The CPI is, is fixed with a certain uh, weirdness, and they don't change it around. Right. It's the PCE a, the, basically says, let's weigh everything according to how much of it the consumers are buying. I mean, it, if price yeah. goes up on yeah. something you're buying a whole lot, then the PCE will go up. If it goes up on something you're not buying much of, it won't go up very
0: much. The That's other miraculous. one... The other one is about the goods. So it's a basket of goods that don't get interchanged. It's got a bunch of stuff in there that aren't actually goods that anybody actually buys, too. Mm-hmm. And it says these things, when they change in value, get averaged together. So that's called the CPI. The PCE, man, we're so wonderful as economists. We just acrony- ac- give an act, it's not even an acronym, it's just abbreviated and we act like it means something. It's like it does. Oh, it does. So PCE is what people are actually buying and how much they're actually spending. So it's different than the prices of the individual goods. It's how much are we spending versus what we're making, which means prices are moving. Okay, now back to you, sir.
1: Well, okay. So the market didn't crash, which is kind of weird. It's like the dog that didn't bark in the night, uh, for those of you who
0: appreciate mysteries. Um, And those of you that don't, there's a mystery about what that even means. So yeah, there was
1: a there's a quote that goes with this. Uh, Larry Fink, who is the head of BlackRock, which is the largest asset manager I think in the world at this point, made an interesting comment when he was speaking at a conference in Europe. Um, He said, in his long business career, he has never seen this level of fear before. And the important thing to recognize about that statement, and, and he went on to say several other things, including the fact that he doubted we were going to have a recession. And if we did have one or two recessions in the near future, they would be very, very mild. Those are the kind of recessions that happen and nobody notices. But the, the big thing, I think, to take away from what he said is market bottoms is where the maximum fear is expressed and in a system. Stock market tops just before major collapses display the the public displays the irrational exuberance at point and there will be people that say this can go on forever and there's no way we'll ever have another recession and
0: i'm gonna give a spoiler nobody's saying that right now nobody's yeah
1: right nobody's saying that right now. as a matter of fact the fear level is very very high the fear level as i said before hits maximum at the bottom of a recession in a stock market bear market yep the fact that the the fear level is so high right now, strongly suggests that we're about to have an economic boom and probably a market boom. Now, we're not promising that. We're not forecasting it. But it strongly suggests that uh, the, the signals, the indirect signals that have been very dependable for 50 years are not being as dependable today. That's the understatement of the century. Yeah, but- as they were
0: we're we're not done with the market but we'll get into the psychology of that when we finish the market why is it that we have exuberance at the top and fear at the bottom and uh, and there's actually really fascinating and amazing studies on the subject but we we got to finish the market and then we can talk about that
1: okay now there is something that moved quite a lot um The 10-year U.S. Treasury note, which is the benchmark for interest rates across the board in the United States, ended the week yielding 4.59%. Now, that is 30% high. The interest rates at the 10-year left point are 30% higher than they were at the beginning of the year. That is huge. Um,
0: And and we're going to... We definitely are going to talk about that. Why are longer-term rates rising when the Fed didn't raise interest rates this session? I've gotten that question a couple of times, and we'll talk about. Yeah,
1: the yield curve is solidly inverted for several good reasons. But everything, all of the short-term Treasury securities, the ones that mature in less than one year, are up around five point five, five point six percent right now. Um, now that's annualized. Obviously, if something, if if you bought a ninety-day T bill at five point whatever percent, it isn't going to Give you 5% during the year because it's only going to be 90 days until you get your money back. But based on the interest rates we're seeing in the shorter term treasuries,
0: doesn't look like anything's going well. away. There's
1: some very good reasons for that. And we can talk about that too. But um, that is just where we are. And another thing I wanted to point out about the markets we don't talk about, we talk a lot about the stock market going up or going down and how much it went up or went down according to some index. It's hard to find good in- indices or indexes for. US Treasury. So I'm going to use since we use the S&P 500 I'm going to use the S&P US Treasury 7-10 year bond index. Over the last 3 years, it has averaged a 7.58% loss and is down about 21% from where it was 3 years ago. That is the worst bond performance since we have been tracking such things. And the the thing I think is still even more interesting is we aren't through this yet. Um, the people whose opinions I think relatively highly have, including Larry Fink, said probably the 20- and 30-year bonds will be up around 5.5% from the mid-fours where they are today.
0: I'm trying to get us through the market. That's, that was what that said. Okay. Was. okay.
1: Um, oil has risen to uh, $95 a barrel midweek, but it came back to 90.77. So that's the other thing that's hitting the economy. With the price of oil as high as it is it's draining money into gas tanks. And I guess this is a bull market because there's plenty of things to worry about.
0: I'll agree with that. Uh, Bull markets absolutely climb a wall of worry. And we're not seeing massive rises in the market right now. But the level of fear, man, and my daughter was talking about how I made a funny joke by saying Tango Papa Whiskey Charlie. And I had to explain to her that those were different words for letters, like a light coming on. There's words for letters that don't have anything to do with the letters? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, indeed, there are. And there's letters for words that don't have anything to do with the words.
0: Yes, um, just look at most of the bills passed by Congress. They're called yes. something, and that's not what they are. But, the, you know, that it's weird. It's like politicians don't always tell. Wait, I was about to say something obvious. Whoa. <laughs> what well, do you going to talk uh, about? Oh, I got a lot. No doubt about that.
1: Oil prices are soaring. Why? Two reasons primarily. One, Saudi Arabia and Russia agreed to limit their oil output. Now, Russia basically went along for the ride because they're having trouble getting their oil out of the country anyway. But Saudi Arabia is playing a game, and the game is run the price of oil up, uh, which they've been playing for a long, long time, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. But that's the supply side of it. Well, there's also, of course... There's there's always two sides of these things. There's the supply and demand is what generates price. And the United States economy, if you haven't been reading our newsletters and listening to us, uh, listening to us, you may be shocked by this. The United States economy is accelerating. Yeah, and
0: this is much, This is without doubt. By the way, this isn't something that we're maybe. No, it is. It is growing fast.
1: Moody's, which are very good at this thing, Moody's uh, Analytics, the Atlanta Fed, which is the Fed office tasked with looking at what's happening in the whole GDP, and every other major GDP-observing organization that has a reasonable track record in history are in agreement that we're going to have a very high growth, relatively speaking, annualized in the third quarter, which just is ended now. It's going to be up. The consensus is it's going to be up somewhere around 4%. The highest I've seen is 4.9. The lowest I've seen is 3.9. Now, this follows two quarters. First quarter, we grew 2.2%. Second quarter, it's 2.1%. And if we hit 4% or something like it in the third quarter, that is huge Growth. We're in the we're in the biggest economy in the world, and when the biggest economy in the world by factors grows at that rate of speed, we're going to use a lot of petroleum, and we are using a lot of petroleum, and it's it shows up at Cushing, Oklahoma, which is where the biggest tank farm in the United States is, where the pipelines all cross and
0: that's where they oil grow, gets stored yeah, there. That's where they grow tanks. Yes, the tank farm. You know, in the tank farm. That's next to the boneless chicken ranch.
1: Right. And it's down below its normal volume of oil that it holds. In other words, we are burning, and it keeps going down, which means we're burning more petroleum than we have, than this than is coming out of the ground. And at the same time, the in the United States, we'll want to drill for more shale. Shale oil. Well, the problem is we've gotten the easy-to-get-to shale oil pretty much captured at this point. And the other thing, the investors in in the shale oil drilling would like to get some money back rather than just dumping all their profits into drilling more wells. They actually want to have some income because it's hard to remember at this point. But there was a point not very long ago when oil was down to next to nothing. You couldn't give it away.
0: Let me explain the life cycle of a, of a shale oil well. because this Most people don't even know the difference between fracking and normal oil well drilling. Fracking uses pressurized uh, pipes fire out a liquid Uh, it's actually not totally liquid there's sand in it there's acids in it Uh, it's basically called an acid bath and it is blasting at high pressure underground this very um, abrasive and um, acidic stuff that basically turns slate what you would think of as chalkboard slate that is that's actually got oil in it all the chalkboard slates you slates you've ever seen or used have some amount of oil in them and when they are subjected to to extreme pulverization through acid and abrasion, that oil becomes a liquid again, and it can be extracted from the mess, the froth that's in there. And you can keep fracking an area, but every time you do that, you have to install the high pressure, you have to bring the acid bath back out and blast it out in there again. Then you have to extract that acid if you're in Texas. In Oklahoma, you don't have to, and that's why it's the earthquake capital of the United States again. It outclasses California and Alaska because they're leaving the acid in the ground. Uh, So you extract the acid most other places um, in North Dakota and in Texas. You extract the acid and then you spend the next three or four years extracting what you pulverized. Uh, why does it take that long? Because you don't want to have to pump a bunch of stuff into the ground to get it out. Your first year you get the most out and then you get depleted amounts after that. There's a whole depletion calculation on it. Uh, it's it's a fascinating area of, of geological economics. It's fascinating and it's... Uh, it's expensive if you use the acid wash multiple times. So you can refresh a well. That's what it's called when you come back out and and do it. But we like to do it every seven years or so. And you don't want to put in a whole bunch of wells in an area because one well can get to all of the areas around it because we can maneuver underground. So it costs a lot of money to drill down and it costs a lot of money to rebath to rewash, to refresh it. And you want to soak that up. And we went through a period during the pandemic and then not that long before that when we overfracked and a lot of the little fracking companies completely went out of business. Those are the ones that are the most likely to dig a hole and start fracking right now with debt that they got loaned just now so that they can get the the oil out of the ground. We've gotten rid of most of the big of the wildcatters, the ones that are taking on a lot of debt and debt would explode the amount of oil that we had available relatively quickly because they all went out of business um, or or got smart and stopped doing that so that's where we are we can't change the supply side rapidly but if you looked over the last year we have turned up the nozzle big time we're taking it out as a at about as fast as we want to without exposing ourselves to risk if the market drops now I've taken a, a huge amount of time talking about geology but Back to you on oil. Only got well, a minute left before that So all
1: prices, all prices are going up. Student loan debts are all of a sudden being paid on again. Interest rates are higher than they've been in a couple of decades. And there's a lot going on that could slow the economy down very nicely, which is one of the thing, reasons I think that the Federal Reserve is holding off on raising rates.
0: Do you have a wrap-up for this week? What, what, are, what are things people can do right now?
1: Well, for one thing, there is an outflow from banks for the first time in, I think, about 40 years. There's actually an outflow of from banks to places that are paying higher interest. Uh, banks, Some banks have, have got the capacity to pay you 5% interest on a CD or something, and, and that's wonderful. But a lot of other banks... They haven't stepped forward to do that, and the money is leaving there and moving to treasury money market funds, which is very appropriate because that's loaning money to the treasury just as the treasury is borrowing a lot of money. It works out very well for everybody for that. Uh, That's going on. You might want to look at that. You might want to look to say, if you've got some big deposits at the bank, don't go over 250000 certainly, and you're not getting any interest on it, you probably can convince the bankers to give you more interest. The economic condition of the United States right now and the psychological condition of the United States right now suggests that we're at the bottom of a bear market, not at the top of a bull market. There's no guarantees about this, obviously, but uh, I'm not the only person to be very optimistic about the future. And you are listening to The Personal Wealth Coach yeah. with Jeff and... Jake. McClure
0: and, uh, See? Yeah. We said our names together. We, we are very proud of the fact that we can occasionally say our names. It's, it's quite an achievement. If you would like to talk to us off the air, we're very special people. We, we have a whole club of us. Um, you may reach us as voicemail during the weekend, real live people during the week. Locally, the number is... Or toll-free 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. You can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com, where you can uh, read our newsletters, come out every Friday, sign up for them, get them directly. You can uh, contact us through the contact form. You can listen to radio programs going back a long ways. Our podcasts are available anywhere podcasts are available uh and you can uh, email us directly at jeff at tpwc.com and jake at tpwc.com until next hour this has been the personal wealth coach